Hello, everybody, and welcome to Athletic Definition. My name is Coach Ray Z, and today my guest is Mike Ball. Uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. And uh, I know you just uh, got done training, so I definitely appreciate your time. And uh, I, always, I always like to just start off with uh, the beginning. Uh, yeah, as, as a kid, uh, were you active? Was, was your family into sports? Was that something they, they pushed you, or, or did you just like to do the whole video game? Um, I did like video games. I still do to a degree, honestly. But um, no, my folks would never pushed me into anything that that um, active. I think in just subconsciously, I felt like, oh, I need to be doing baseball or football or basketball or something like that. So I dipped my toes in it, but I was not good at all. Um, I, I did the the thing I found um, some success in was like ta- Taekwondo. So as a young in a young at a young age, I got into that um, and did that for years and years. But no, um, my coordination was was not awesome for dribbling and running sports and things like that. So, so how far uh, did you get in your Taekwondo? Did you make it to black belt? Yeah, I got a black belt. Um, I maybe did four or five years or something like that. And um, you do like point uh, system competitions and things and just a lot of forms and katas. But the more you come out of that, you realize, hey, everyone has a black belt in Taekwondo almost just about. So, But, but that one is a – I could be wrong, but that one is an Olympic sport, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's definitely very serious, gnarlier sex um, sections of – taekwondo and other ones that are a little more you know just marketable more for kids and things like that and i think that's kind of what more what i was in honestly so and uh before we move on i did forget to mention to you if you want to share the stream with anybody or anyone listening in there's a uh, two little lines on the bottom to your left and you will see broadcast the world and from there you can copy a link uh, share it to facebook twitter okay. and uh, people don't even have to have the app in order to uh, watch it or listen in. So that's a very cool feature. Sweet. And uh, so in, in high school, did you uh, play any sports or was that something that you... Um, I, I wrestled very, very briefly. I didn't really compete or anything. There was other people in my weight class that, that um, were, were, were much better at that. So they had people in line for that. But I trained in the wrestling room for a little bit. And again, that was like... I was a little more into music and arts and different thing, things in high school, um, and I was not very athletic, I would say. I, I'm, I'm rather tall and lanky, and so I've always – it, especially in high school, I was probably 160 pounds or something like that, and for somebody that's 6'3", that's, like, that's pretty slender, so – um, no, I, I, I didn't really have any athletic <laughs> endeavors back then as much. Um, yeah, until I started doing jujitsu, I guess. And, uh, when did you start doing jujitsu? Was it, was that it after wrestling? Yeah, that, that, that was a while later. I was probably 21 or 22 and I, there was actually a college class, um, in my community college here in town that I was going to, and it was like Japanese jujitsu. I'm like, that sounds interesting. And I'd go, and it was a very, uh, I mean, you do, you do jujitsu as well. So it's a, you know, it's a kind of an intricate, rather intricate 
uh, art and sport and everything. This was very broad and bland. It was a little more like judo, and the groundwork was a little more just um, put your weight on them and try to get this here. It, it wasn't as technical, but it was very um, good as an introduction um, to those things. So I started with that, and then obviously you just blossom and you find things on the internet, and I was like, I, I need to keep doing this. So. So was wrestling what got you interested into jiu-jitsu or did you watch UFC like a lot of us? It's, I was just like a lot of us. It was, it was definitely more UFC and just seeing the utility um, of jiu-jitsu and just the – like I said, I was a little more slender in high school. So it was a, like, I, I wasn't as um, in control and sure of my body back then. And even past the even past the physical stuff, you um, I didn't have a ton of like confidence, and um, I, I always felt like the scariest thing was almost getting in a fight and like not knowing what to do or getting my ass kicked to where I was helpless, defenseless in some way, and um, that that certainly corner like UFC and just seeing uh, connecting that like seeing like a smaller person win in these situations yeah that that really appealed to me and i think a lot of people oh i mean uh i I probably weigh like 165 right now and i'm I'm six feet um so for sure the the appeal of the smaller guy defeating the bigger guy and then as i learned more about it i'm like it's about the weak uh defeating the strong and i'm like oh it sounds like it's it's meant for me right Uh, yeah it, it was a very interesting once I got more and more into it. And uh, after that, well, when, at what point did you, were you going to school from the beginning uh, for like, I know you have your PT background and your kin stretch. Uh, were you going to school for some, something sports related? Um, so initially, man, like right after high school, right off the bat, I started going for music actually. And it was just like, it was a little out of my wheelhouse to where I was very basic in that department. And it was just, it was something I liked and it was turning into like work and schooling. And I was like, I need to get out of this. I took a couple years off. And when I came back, I would, I would, I had started weightlifting a little bit just cause I'd like, I would go on runs. I like, no, know what the hell I was doing in the gym. I was going to like a YMCA, right? And um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it was just like a low-key gym in town that I was like, oh, like nobody will see me doing anything here. Um, so I, I, I did that, and um, yeah, I, I just got into that more and more, and I figured, hey, I should go to school for this. It was just interesting to me, the study of the body and like what's going on. I could directly look down and go, oh, that's where my liver is, or fucking that's what's going on when, um, you know, when, when I go on a run or something like that. So um, yeah, I, I started getting more into that as I, as I, as I went back to school and I just thought, Oh, I'll put it all into like an associates of, of science. And you mentioned PT. So that's why I started to go in. Uh, I went to a PT school, basically a physical therapy assistant from there. And that's, uh, it's an associate's degree basically, but it's, it, it gives you a whole lot. It's very interesting. And yeah, it's, it, all of that is so uh, so similar to people like to separate, um, you know, physical therapy and all, all and, and, and uh, traditional exercise when it should really be they're so closely related. Um, it's just you know it's almost like Instagram and the fitness industry kind of swings it, makes it look so so different. And I 
wanted to bring those things together a little bit more. So. Hmm. Uh, that's very interesting. Oh, what kind of dog is that? He's a uh, shepherd husky. He's hanging out. Wanted to make a cameo. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I've heard of Kin Stretch, and I don't think I've actually had, like, a, taken a class on it. Uh, I had to do a little bit of, of research, and one of the first things that came up right away was a Kin Stretch versus yoga. And uh, oh. I, I want to talk about that a little bit, but I guess just for, for the average person who doesn't know what that is, um, what, what, what would you describe it as? Um, so I'll, I'll try to keep this, you know, it, it's short and concise. It's, it's easy to make this sound so like extreme and over the top when, when we look things up. Kin stretch is a, is a name we use um, for functional range conditioning. Functional range conditioning is a thought process, a movement system um, to get more range of motion basically in somebody kin stretch instead of saying hey i'm going to go to a functional range conditioning class saying i'm going to go to a kin stretch class sounds so much sexier yeah like it, <laughs> it's just a better name it, it plainly is just a better name um so kin stretch is basically the group um version of what you would want to do uh, of what you do in frc you go to an frc seminar for a couple days two three days or whatever you do the same thing in kin stretch. They just adapt it to a, a, a group setting a little bit more, um, and you get to more 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 people in that way with the with the work. So that's basically what it's a movement enhancement system. It's it's not as stretchy as the name might lead it to believe, but it's definitely there. So, and then I I did start watching some of the different kind of like positions and I'm, I'm sure it's endless but some of it did look a little bit like yoga yeah. uh, oh, and, no, and, and and is it like very like uh, similar to yoga yeah you know i would absolutely say it's it's much uh similar to yoga you know what i mean if somebody asked me kind of what's it like that's a word yoga that i would use to that maybe is I don't want to say the closest thing, but it's the closest thing we can grasp in our heads sometimes to kind of what this is or what we've seen that we can compare it to. Um, we go to the, you know, kin stretch versus yoga thing. I, I don't hate yoga and, and, and nobody I know does. I, I, I did yoga for, for, for a year or so myself and I got great benefit out of it. Um, what I don't like is, People look up mobility or they look up, you know, oh man, I'm just so tight. I need to start doing mobility routine X or this or that Y, or I need to start doing yoga. That's something that people always say, hey, I need to get more, you know, more mobility, more stretchy. I should start doing yoga. Like yoga, like it's yoga's goal or yoga's job to get you more flexible. And yoga, that is not yoga's job whatsoever. Yoga is an internal practice for your soul and your chakras and your mindset. And there's a series of movements that can aid in that um, pursuit, right? And there's a series of movements that help with the breath work involved, which is the other thing that's huge in yoga. Um, pranayama, basically, right? It's, it's there, there's so much breath work involved. The movements are secondary. And somehow in our Western culture, it's become all soccer-mommed 
And the movements have become the forefront of everything. And people act like that is the best way to do a mobilization or, or to, to do mobility. And if, again, I'm trying my best not to poo-poo yoga, but if you've ever seen, um, you know, these yoga courses, oh, I did a 200-hour RYT, this or that or the other, a lot of it is um, I've seen the material. I, I know yoga teachers that are kinstretch teachers now right? and this and that. The material is, hey, lift your chest and open your heart up or, um, you know, turn turn back so you stretch towards the stars or I, I don't know. I'm giving them, you know, biased examples almost. But there's not a lot of backed science in these things. And when you really look at the research of how the body works, the body responds to force. And much, again, of the westernized yoga that we see today does not have a lot of that tension and a lot of that force. Do you hold positions? Sure. Most of it is passive stretching. So I'm bending over and holding a stretch for a long time. And is it hard? Well, yeah. And do you feel better after a yoga class? Well, absolutely. Because a lot of neurological things, uh, sensory things are going on too. But um, putting force into some of these positions and actually doing, uh, following a, a kind of a system or a path that, that, that actually grants you more range of motion that you can keep as opposed to just going like, I don't know, yoga is magic and it just works. And, um, you know, the same can be said with foam rolling and, you know, band distracting and cross balling and all these things as well. But <sighs> no, that, that was a very interesting and, and a good way to explain it. I, I, uh, I love fitness memes. And when I, when I read uh, the definition of kin stretching, it kind of reminded me of uh, that jujitsu meme where they say it's a voluntary, involuntary stretching. Yeah. yeah uh, but but this one's voluntary. Uh, you, you actually, <laughs> yes. Voluntary. Yeah. So that's uh, what it reminded me of, and I know you're a brown belt in jujitsu. So just off the top of my head, I'm gonna assume you've been trained for at least ten years. Yeah, it's been quite a quite a while, man. I, um, you know, at this point, after a while you get, you get happy with, with whatever's on your waist and, you know, um, belt wise, you know, I, I, I'm in no rush to make it any darker necessarily, but it's like, yeah, I'm, it's, it's, I think I'm almost, almost there to a, to a black belt. It's been quite a while. I got my brown belt in 2018 or I think. Um, so but again, I'm in no rush. Yeah, man, it's been a great, a great journey. Somebody, uh, I was talking to one of my professors actually, and they're talking about, man, like savor every minute that you have a color on your belt because, you know, you're a black belt forever. You don't get another color on your belt. Like, like every minute that you're a blue belt or a purple belt or a brown belt, it's like, eat that up. So yeah, um, jujitsu is just, talk about that all day. How long have you been training, by the way? Oh, you know, with, uh, just with uh, COVID and uh, I had an eye injury that kind of kept me off the mats for maybe like nine months. Um, so it seems like I've been training for way longer than, than, than anything, but I, you know, I took, took time off during COVID. So I would say maybe like five years at least. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And since a lot, you know, I would say jujitsu was probably one of the first things where I'm like, oh, these are not positions that I normally get into. And some of them I was put into by someone else, uh, not voluntarily. 
And is, is that what led you to kin stretching? Because it was like such a, like, was it jujitsu or you kind of found that before? No. Um, so, I, I mean, I was doing jujitsu long before I, I, I found, I found the FRC and kin stretch stuff, but it does, I have to say, it certainly does. And, um, I teach kin stretch classes out of like the strength and conditioning gym that I do. And I teach them out of my jujitsu gym and while it's great for everybody, I do have to say like the jujitsu people, they like it a little more because they have something to apply it to. Right. Um, I, you know, I could, we could talk about like, like a triangle. If I'm trying to put somebody in a triangle, you have to pull your foot way up here and I have to put my leg over instead of me trying to oh, grab my leg and put this on and trying to create that angle. If I could just bring my legs up, where I want them and have strength in there and just, and, and just do it without my hands. It's a better situation. So it's, you're, you're, you're training your limbs and your joints to kind of do whatever you want to where if I'm just stretching normally, it's, I don't have the ability to bring them up. I might be flexible, but it's like, I have to have somebody else do that for me or I have to use my hands or X, Y, or Z. So it certainly goes hand in hand with jujitsu, but no, I've, uh, I've been doing jujitsu a lot longer than, than this stuff, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating. The, the dexterity that our, our feet can have. I, I watch a, like a old Houdini videos and, you know, to break out of prisons and jails, he, he, he'd use the keys and he'd get his toes and he had complete control just like of our hands from his feet. So he could pick up the keys with his feet and use that to help him escape a lot of places and just looking at those videos is just like pretty amazing because uh, you know with shoes we just lose so much control i dude a hundred percent i mean it's um it i frustrating is the wrong word it should be a little more positive than that but yeah in in the gym i see so many people you know you they get so stuck on well no i need to squat and do burpees and run and do all these things when um you have them take off their shoes and they can't move their toe you know what I mean? Or their toes are all stuck together like this big wad of something. And you're like, this is priority number one, or it should be. I know you're probably a big proponent of that with, 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 with all the running and everything, but that's actually one of the, um, there's a series of controlled movements you do with kin stretch and things, but you could do a toe car, a controlled articular movement or rotation kind of. And it's amazing to see the high level athletes and people are just beasts and can squat and deadlift and run and crossfit and all these things you tell them to take their shoes off and lift their big toe and you, it, it's like you told them to just like run a marathon or something like that but it's they're 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 looking down on it like it's alien like how do i get this thing you know moving around but that's yeah that's the that's your contact with your ground that's the key to everything really and i know they've been around for a while but it you know, the algorithm picks up something that I'm thinking about or talking and all of a sudden they just show me everything. Uh, they kept showing me toe spacers, all these toe spacers uh, yeah. all of a sudden. Uh, what do you think about them? Especially like for the people that, like you said, are so tight and yeah. can't, can't do anything. Um, I, I think toe spacers are, are, are good in – in most can you know in in most situations they there are extremes though it's like um 
and I, I think this could be said for, for any movement. We're just talking about the feet again. Yeah. Let's say you have a client, you take their shoes off and they're, we've all seen those feet before <laughs> or they're all stuck over each other. Like, I don't know that putting them in a spacer on day one is going to make them feel better necessarily. If this is their normal and we're like, no, let's just spread all these apart and try to walk around. They're not going to have a good time. You know what I mean? For, for a while. So maybe it's, Maybe it's just like, hey, can you live with that? I'm using my hand, I know. But can you live with that big toe just off? Or can you live with maybe, you know, trying to splay your toes a few times a day, just getting the motion back, their control of it? Again, instead of like a passive, like, hey, I just wedged this thing in my foot and I, I hope it works. It's like um, part of it is getting people to, to take responsibility as well. So at this point, would you uh, consider yourself like a workout fanatic? A workout fanatic. Um, that you're working out at least five to six days a week? Yes, I do something. Um, it's It never gets that old because I, I, I do jujitsu and stuff. So um, sorry, my dog's biting my hand. Um, so if I'm not weightlifting, I will – sometimes I trail run. I'm not huge on that because it kind of beats me up with everything I do. But I'll trail run. I'm walking with my dog every day. Um, I'm doing jujitsu. I like swinging the mace a lot. I'll go to the park and do that kind of thing. I, I definitely do stuff. But what I consider a workout I think has changed over the years. You know what I mean? Like oh, did I just go to the park and like dick around a little bit or did I like, oh, I got it. I got a I got a workout and I got a training session and it has been a little different. So I think different people use that for different. I, I took my dog this morning on like a we walked for what do you think three three four miles or something like that. But I didn't really some people that's some people's workout in their day and like I didn't really think twice about it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that, that's true. Uh, to me now, I think working out is a well, when I actually do a real workout, is I, I, I have a purpose for that workout. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Besides just, I'm going to just kind of go enjoy, go for a walk, go, go to the park, something like that. But it is still activity, which you can't, you can't knock. And yeah. it, it's still good for you. It's just, uh, I guess, different levels. Yeah. How, uh, I've been, I wanted to ask you, I've seen your stuff. Um, like, how has your, use kettlebells? Uh, yes. Yeah. How has that helped your, your running? I feel it, it's helped my running. Um, certain parts of, of, of the muscles uh, that I feel more with a kettlebell, especially with the kettlebell swing. Um, but uh, honestly, because uh, I got my U.S. track and field level one certification and I took, I don't know, I just have a bad emailing system but i'm waiting for my rrca road running certification and uh with all the i think the thing that's probably helped me the most with running it's called the uh, atg because uh mm -hmm. what, what what he's teaching is like what what we need for our feet basically which is like if if you if you go to pretty much any gym there almost any trainer can work you out and and, and get you in shape but um, to to hit the, the the parts that are weak, and sometimes if you just work out the parts that are strong, like if you're like a real top heavy guy, uh, 
and then all you're doing is just hitting the top you're making yourself more imbalanced than than you would be if if you were try to do already rehabilitation and and even it out so those type of workouts i would say have helped me out more than the other things that i've learned uh I, I really do like kettlebells because it w- makes me feel like the imbalances uh, in, in certain holds. And uh, there's so many variations you can do with them. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I like the uncommon tools like the slam board. I, I really enjoy that. Uh, and I, most people, they've never been on a slam board. Just when they step on it, they're like, should I stretch before I get on this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think I've seen you use uh, okay. one. Uh, I'll use uh, mine here and there, but yeah, they're great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love them. I I like uh, ATG's knee, knees over toes guy, correct? Yeah, Ben Patrick yeah. knees over toes. Yeah, that's it's it's great stuff, and you know, everybody has their their different systems, and I've I've been trying to not be one that falls into one. I don't want to fall into the rabbit hole or be inducted into the you know cult of FRC or kin stretch or, or people fall into these rabbit holes very much, but. There are common factors with all of these things, and FRC, um, ATG. If you talk functional patterns, if you talk, you, you know, all of these things. There's um, you're putting strength into places that there otherwise was not. Is really the common factor in functional range conditioning. Hey, we find a stretch, so we find tissue that um, maybe is not. Not not communicating well, but that's its end range. It's neurologically at its end, and it doesn't feel safe there. And it doesn't feel safe there because it it, it feels like it's going to get hurt if it goes farther. And the only way we can convince it is with a little bit of strength. We push strength in this way, in this way, in this way, and we try to rotate it. And it's almost like you were trying to unjam like an old rusty joystick. It's like I wouldn't just take the top and try to do it because it would snap. You kind of have to jimmy it from the bottom and work it around and kind of be nice to it and 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 spit on it or whatever you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) But like, but but like, get it moving around, and it's the same kind of thing to where you're finding a a a a passive range. I I I could say or a a stretched place or somewhere that just doesn't have strength, and you usually identify that with, hey, I feel a stretch here. I bend over, touch my hamstring. It's saying, hey, we don't have much more room and I'm not strong here. So that's what's going on. Same thing happens if you look at some of the FP stuff, functional pattern stuff, they're going into a passive range and they're moving through planes of motion with the same idea, the ATG. I mean, it's 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 more it's um, uncommon places that you wouldn't normally maybe take your knees or strengthen in this in these extreme um, ranges. And all of these things, too, is nothing like new necessarily. It's old, good theories and, and, and principles, strength training principles, said specific adaptations to impose demands, basically being applied to these specific places. I'm just applying this just to my ankle and my foot or just to my knee and, and, and how it bends and articulates instead of going like, well, we'll just fucking, we'll, we'll use squats for everything. How's your squat? I don't know. Improve it and everything else will get better. That's kind of an old way of thinking, you know? So. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, uh, Ben Patrick, he likes to credit a lot of the, the people he, he got it from and uh, like uh, working the, 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 working the tibialis, the way he kind of came up with it. And then he gives credit to, 
uh, I can't think of his name right now, but basically, I guess he was he was like the man in weightlifting uh, up until steroids happened. Then Arnold Schwarzenegger became the man, and everyone forgot about this guy. But he was like the last guy to win it before it kind of went into the steroid thing. Huh. And he was he's like in the, in the seventies and still jumping, uh, and and it was because of his training his tibs all the time. Really? So. Yeah, so he he likes to credit it, and th- that's one thing I like about the system. They're always saying we're not saying you know someone knows something better, and it's like a co- collaboration of coaches from all over. And someone will say no, this will work better or whatever, and it, it's always like a fluid and moving forward. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually excited to see other people branch off of that. I mean, he could do the same thing. He just has experience in that in that in that in that vector but like you could have a pitcher come off and take those same principles and do that for the shoulders you know what i mean and make a kick-ass program for for the shoulders with maybe a little unconventional things people haven't seen and it looks very very new but it's all great stuff man yeah i i I know a lot of people doing it and that's great and and so right now uh what exactly i know you teach jiu-jitsu and what what are you actually training different students? You do it online in person? Yeah. So I, this is my garage, actually. I train clients out of here. Usually um, I have two or three in the morning, typically in the day. And then I train out of a place called The Studio. Um, it's called The Studio here in Ventura, California, um, a, you know, a couple times a week. Um, a jiu-jitsu class or two a week and then yeah there's kin stretch on in both of those places as well so it it keeps me busy i'm still trying to after years of doing this i'm still like trying to balance and juggle my schedule and everything and it's it's always uh, uh, uh confusing to get that right but yeah man it's it's great you know teaching training and things and i know you compete because uh, uh i actually saw your your last match on high rollers on youtube so, so I got to watch that. That was cool. I'm like, it's always more interesting when it's someone you know or kind of know, like going up to competition. You're like, oh. Uh, so it, how, how was that? And are you looking to compete again? Absolutely. Um, I, man, I love competing. There's, I was just talking about this the other day with some of the guys in, in training. There's just nothing like um, that kind of pressure that – that you get coming up to a competition um, and it almost seems silly and, and um, you know, unimportant when you're not, when you're not in it, but it's just like, there's nothing that makes me that nervous as a, an adult man as like going, going to compete um, in jujitsu or, I mean, or fighting or whatever, or whatever you're doing in, the, in that regard. But it's uh, yeah, I, I love that. And I, I think having, having a goal, like if you set out, Hey, I need to, I want to do this marathon or whatever, have something to train for makes, makes your training better as opposed to just, I don't know, I don't have to go tonight. I have nothing to, you know, to, to work for. But, um, yeah, the, the competing is great. The high rollers, uh, rollers is a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have anything necessarily on the radar, um, in the near future, but stuff comes up actually, you know, who Jeff Glover is, he's, he is local around here. He has these little local tournaments. Um, um, maybe that I'm not supposed to talk about, but that, uh, <laughs> that it's almost like a, like a somewhat of a buy-in, like a gamble, like you oh, put okay. the pot in the winter take. So it, so those are a lot of fun. So 
maybe something like that, but nothing huge on a big stage quite yet. And if you know anybody, let me know. I'm down to compete always. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, some of those, some tournaments have been doing that. I like that. I like the idea of, uh, you know, to help the sport grow where like the competitors have a chance to win money. Yeah. Um, it's incentivized what? and it makes it more, a little more fun. I feel like, you know, yeah. Yeah. One of, uh, uh, a jiu-jitsu guy I know, uh, Lapella, he has uh, his studios in, like, Victorville, I believe. And he has uh, what's called the Lapella Cup uh, every year. And it's uh, blue blue belts versus purples. And I think, uh, no, it's whites versus blues and then purples versus browns. There's no black belts. And it's a winner take all and there's money involved. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I, you know, COVID happened, so I don't know. If it, you know, they'll start it again, but I, I like little tournaments like that. Good idea, and I, I think it'll help the sport grow as well. I came up doing like smaller tournaments like that too. You'd go to like, I live in Ventura, so you'd go to Valencia or little parts of LA where they'd have these smaller ones, and it's like you would see the same people, and it was like, You'd go to all these tournaments. You might not know their names. You might have never shaken their hand, but it's somebody you would like go and fist bump with, hey, good luck today or whatever. And it was like, I loved that community of uh, of people that you didn't necessarily know, but like you would fight for almost. <laughs> and then also what you mentioned, I, I'd been preaching that. I'm like, the holidays are here. And if you want something to help you to stay as in much shape as you can during the holidays because I'm Mexican-American, tamales season's here, and I love that, and all this other food. So uh, um, I say do do some sort of race, do some sort of tournament. I In the past, I did a – the fitness expo was always in January in L.A., so I, I would do the Gracie tournaments in January. Yeah, I did and then I would, those, the Nationals, right? Yeah, the Nationals, yeah. yeah. And I did one in the OC and then uh, L.A. Marathon's – typically in March, except this year because of COVID, it's in like a week. Um, but then they're going to have it again in March. So usually that's what has me going like, oh, yeah, I, I, I could eat, but I'm not going to eat like as much as I sh- like but, want to because I got something in the back of my mind that I want to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, uh, for the people who just be listening in, I, I've, uh, on the Fortune Cookie, I have your uh, – Instagram and I also have your uh, link tree, but uh, and I think I saw that you do online as well. Do you, do you teach I, online? Um, I am considering actually taking taking these. I'm trying to set up a system that's that's easy for me to use for for online clients, but I'd like to do that in the near future. But I do have an online platform. I use Teachable, which is just a video platform, basically, but. Yeah, it's a it's intro to kin stretch, so it's just it teaches teaches you like the basics of it, and there's a few classes that you can do as many times as you want. But um, yeah, I just I wanted some something online to be able to to share with the world, um, and I just there's so many people that are putting things online that uh, I don't want to I don't want to miss out. No, I I, I just. I definitely wanted to wanted to have something to like an online offering, you know, if people couldn't or wouldn't or or whatever. I think physical person one-on-one is is the best, but you know, as coaches we have to kind of adapt just like our bodies and our clients' bodies. So, 
as much as I didn't want to make the jump, I'm not savvy with a lot of the computer stuff. Um, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but it hasn't done me too wrong. It's, it, it's kind of nice actually. So. No, I, I, I understand, uh, the way that the online is a whole different animal. Uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've worked at gyms and then working, trying to work online and get online customers and then them listening to you and actually doing it. Uh, cause there's different types of online. I, I think on teachable, you, you're actually there, like how you and me are interacting or is it pre-recorded? They watch it. Um, you can do live seminars. There's uh, but mine are all pre-recorded and it's just like, uh, you click and buy and, and there it is kind of thing. But there's yeah, a little it, stuff on my page and of course I'm busy with it, but even like when, when I teach in person, there's always one or two people that are not pushing it or not trying or slacking off basically. And yeah. so on, online, there is a, a greater opportunity to, to do that or to be like, well, yeah, I did it. Because uh, a lot of these apps, it's just you pushing, saying you did it. And yeah. how do you actually know you did it? Uh, on one of the programs I was doing, you have to submit videotape of your last set. So at least there's some sort of documentation. Um, but I, I think right now that uh, w with what's going on, some people are not going to feel comfortable going out. I think online is, is a good option. And and the, the future is now, and a lot of people kind of don't even realize it. Like, you know, there's a lot of audio apps out there. There's like Fireside right here, which is like interactive audience that could come up and ask questions with video that, that's being like streamed and trying to explain to people, hey. Where, where we met basically, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, there, there's, it goes on and on and, and they just keep coming. Uh, I know I've been contacted by a couple, a couple now, but it, it's, uh, if you, I guess if you, I remember hearing Gary V talk about this a while back saying, you guys, you guys got to do a podcast. You guys got to get on social media. You guys got to post because back in the day when TVs first came out, all the people on radio were making fun of the TV and saying, that's not going to catch on. That's not going to catch on. He's like, just see in a few years, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, it's going to be like Fox channel seven, yeah. ABC. And it's exactly happening. Like what he was saying. And so the future is now and it. It's uh, a lot of people don't even realize it. So I'm, I'm trying to be, uh, learn more and become more tech savvy, <laughs> uh, to, to keep up with these times. Same man. I, I, I've been. It's funny you say. I was trying to get my my folks, uh, some of my parents the other day. They don't live too far away, and they were they were watching like their cable box. And I was like, "You guys got to get rid of this freaking cable box, dude! Like you're paying like a hundred bucks a month when you could pay like thirty and have just everything at your Disney Plus and Hulu and all these things. Like you know what I mean? When people pay so much money for, it. but yeah, these these technologies are very very quickly going away. You know? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's great too. And then, especially for like a, let's say certain sports like jujitsu that uh maybe don't have like the largest following, where you won't see it on local TV. Now there's apps and channels and and uh, like UFC Fight Pass, where you can just go specifically for what you're interested, your community. Which to me, that that's the nice part about the technology. At least now, it, it's really hard to meet people that are interested in the same thing uh, 
especially probably depending on where you live. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the internet has, has, has blown up. I mean, I lifted uh, earlier today with my buddy and we were talking about this very thing. Like how long have you been training? Training? Uh, geez, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, for a long time, I just worked out, but didn't really know right. what I was doing. And, and, and I, I, you know, you were mentioning the, how tight you are and my, my pain tolerance has always been high. So I didn't really realize things weren't active or, or that type because I, maybe a lot of people are like that. And, and then, um, uh, geez, I don't know that, that that's, I'm going to have to kind of break it down to see exactly when I started. Yeah, it, uh, it doesn't have to be an exact number, but I was just trying to make the point of like, let's say it's, let's say it's 10 years we've been, you know, training and trying things and whether they're working or not, or training clients or whatever the case, but like, it's um, over that 10 years, the internet has come so far, like 10 years ago, I remember trying to find like kettlebell articles and stuff. And I couldn't read enough of them. Like I read all the kettlebell articles that were online. It was like, oh, there's nothing new out. And like today, you you don't have enough time in the day to read all the kettlebell articles or, or whatever the case may be. But it was just such a, I was thinking about, again, I was talking about my friend today. It was just like, yeah, dude, a few years ago, like you could, you could just sit there for like an hour and absorb all the information that you could find on some of these niche, you know, subjects. But now it's just, as we, you and I, and, and all these people like grow and matured and, and learned, I mean, the internet is bubbling and boiling up with information at the same time. So it's kind of a unique time to, to learn all this stuff to where if you were on, you know, the opposite side of, you know, the before this or after this, you either don't have access to it or you do. And we just came up with it and rose with it as, as it got more and more kind of so. Oh yeah. Cause like when YouTube first started, I think a lot of people were just recording their cat and doing like fart videos. And now you can go on there and put in jujitsu triangle, jujitsu umaplata, jujitsu for beginners, jujitsu, and it, it's type endless specific things onto YouTube. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like and and you know the what I've learned about YouTube is uh it's basically showing you what's the most popular thing. So if if you type in BJJ, whatever pulls up, that's what's being searched the most. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that's like one good way that if you know, people are trying to figure out, well, how, how can I rank high? Go find some sort of niche that you're good at, that you know about. Go look for the most outdated video that has was done 10 years ago. YouTube wants fresh content. Go make a video on that, and they're going to automatically put you up because no one has made a kettlebell video in like eight months or two years. Yeah. And regardless, people are still – there's certain information that's going to be timeless, like workout information, uh, I mean, sure, things might get bigger, faster, stronger, but overall, it's still going to be the general information. And 10 years from now, someone can go back and still YouTube it or Google it and find that information versus, I don't know, maybe like a, how to upload Microsoft 98. Like yeah. after that, that's it's got a limited shelf life. Uh, but it, it's so fascinating what I see and how the kids learn now. It's just Oh, where'd you learn that? I went to YouTube and they can just do the moves that like, uh, 
I've been trying to do for years. <laughs> Just right off the bat, they, they kind of know how to do it or, or that. It's a whole, whole different uh, generation, but, uh, yeah, I just I just want to make sure that uh, if there's anything that maybe I forgot to mention that you want to promote, anything you have coming up. Uh... Um, no, I I can't necessarily think of anything. I was just saying uh, just ha- how we met over on um, on Clubhouse, and that was such a cool community. I haven't been on there in a while, but what's up to all those people? Um, if anything, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I met a lot of very nice cool jujitsu people on there and you know i mean this is fireside it's not like a man i remember growing up on the radio it was like they would just like make a big deal about other radio stations or tv stations like like people didn't know they didn't exist you know yeah uh, so it's like there's so many apps out there uh, uh, but to me i'm gonna say I, there's not as many people on there i don't know no, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it as much anymore, but it's just cool that there are things like this that are not, ugh, you know, Instagram or, or whatever, um, you know, that people can connect on and everything. And, but, um, yeah, yeah uh, no, you, you, I think you touched on just about everything and that was great. I, I, all I have to say is, uh, yeah, if you guys are interested in any of that, look up, look up FRC, look up Ken stretch. Um, you know, I, of course, I want you to, to, to come train with me and buy my stuff, but like fish it out for yourself first. Honestly, like look into it and, and be like, is this, is this right for me? Is this something I need? And um, I'm confident enough in the stuff in, in my own training and, and all of this that, um, that it's, it's, it's really there to help everybody. And again, it's just a filter that you put on all of your other stuff. You're still weightlifting and running and doing all the things. It's just, um, I, if there was an, another way of getting the same kind of results, if there was another way that was this organized with it, I would support all the other ways. It's for me, I haven't found one necessarily, but yeah, man, look the stuff up. Um, keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I already did. I, it, it seemed interesting to me and I'll look into it more as a, they had a lot of uh, workouts on hips and yeah. a lot of, a lot of people have tight hips. So I'm sure that those are uh, probably have a lot of views. So I'll, I'll, I'll definitely look into that. I'm definitely interested. Hell yeah. And uh, do you still, do you uh, like kind of do a blend of all the information you learn now with the, you know, PT and the jujitsu? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean like my, my clients are, are most, mostly like, there's like a little bit of mobility stuff, like just as maintenance or a little bit maintenance homework every day. But most of it's just regular weightlifting. We're doing variations of deadlifting and squatting and pushing and pulling and rotating and stuff. You know, just like we were just talking about, there's no, there's no new magic tricks. It's all relatively boring, honestly. But, but yeah, man, it's a, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're trends, just like in jiu-jitsu. Baron Bolo is the, the, the thing, and then it's something else, you know? Yeah. Things come and go. Yeah. Uh, you, do, you, do you train uh, where Jack trains as well? Yeah. Yeah, me and Jack train the same place. Uh, Gracie Marumbi under Fabio Leopoldo. Very nice. I'll uh, give him a shout-out, actually. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, I, anytime I'm in Ventura, I'll, I'll, I definitely got to go out there. Please do, man. You are more than welcome in uh in the academy 
I appreciate that. And uh, Mike, I want to thank you so much for being here and everyone who's been popping in and out of the audience and that will listen in on the podcast. If uh, you want to contact Mike, you can uh, click on the link or go back and listen to, uh, did you give a different, you gave a different uh, like uh, site than on your link tree? Um, I have the same one. The teachable, the online programs is on my link tree. I just have okay. two Instagrams. I have a homicide control, which is me and the movement dojo, which is kind of just more of my movement stuff, but follow both of them. Say hi. So yeah, there you go. And uh, thank you everybody for joining in. I will be back next week on Thursday and Friday with all new shows. I forgot who I have so many different guests. I can't remember who I'm having, but. I'll announce it. Check the Instagram page, Athletic Definition. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Mike. Enjoy Thank you, your weekend. Man. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, no problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.